Well, now, parenting skills for blended families when a marriage or partnership breaks up. Many families consist of a recombination of two different families with two sets of children living with parents. These families can be happy and thriving, but some parents find the situation difficult to navigate, with different family cultures clashing, tension between the children and parents, children acting out their grief and anger, the couple feeling overwhelmed by the stress of children coming and going. And last but not least, there can be difficulties with the influence of ex-partners who are co-parenting from a distance. There are, however, proven strategies and practices to help, and expert parenting expert Joseph Dreesen is with us to help work through them. Morena, Joseph, welcome. Morena, Catherine, nice to be on air again. Yes, and we've probably started already with some of the forces that can be at play despite everybody's best intentions here. Yeah, I think there, there are sort of two major forces at play which are really interesting once you recognise them. The first, the, fun, the first fundamental force at play is that um, uh, second marriages or relationships are often very happy because people are quite compatible, they've chosen, they've made their mistakes. And so that happiness and that relationship is actually creates a lot of well-being for both of the people and they are ready to kind of, you know, nurture and love their children. The second force operates, though, is that the children initially, not finally, it finally can all have very happy endings, but initially the children find that very, very stressful. And that's partly because they are going through a grief cycle in which they've got unresolved grief and sadness and depressions and anger about the loss of their family. And, and then they're thrown into a new situation which is very demanding for them. Uh, socially and cognitively, when in fact their brains are sort of only operating at half speed. And so they can find this whole situation very stressful. And so the key for to create a blended family is for the couple to realize this, that they need to they need to kind of realize that they are the engine of happiness, but their children find this a quite a difficult journey. All right. So um, you kick yeah. off. Well, what I'm proposing is that the strategies depends on sort of five strategic things the couples need to do. And many of my listeners was, would have done it and they're trying to, but it's really actually quite good to, to listen to what where are we going. And the first thing is they need to preserve their relationship. Like the children, the children, the last thing they want is have another round of breakups or have another round of, of, of parents being offside. And so they need to realize it's stressful, but what's most important that we nurture our relationship because our love for each other will actually heal our children. And so they need to do the normal things, date nights, being together, lunches during school hours, uh, listening, ongoing gestures. They need to preserve and cherish their relationship, even though their family life is a little bit challenging. That's number one. Number two is they got to realize this is not a normal family at all. This is very challenging for the children. And the children are damaged goods for a while until they heal. And so putting stress on those children is not the way to go. And having expectations and outrageous because they misbehave is not the way to go. You've got to realize that their behavior is the tip of the iceberg and underneath it, 90% of it is their distress and distress they can cope with. And so what you need to do is to recognize that, that 
these children are actually fragile and we just need to proceed with a bit of caution how we're going to do that and we need to see it as an ongoing journey of gradually healing and it's very possible that a 13 year old moody teenager who doesn't want to have a bar of soap of that of their step parents you know and it's it's a, for a minute that seems hell on earth actually by the time they're 19 they love coming home from varsity and and they're very close to their step parents and everything will end well but the realization is that to get there you've got to reframe it as a journey of healing rather than kind of a fight to get compliance so the third thing is that the couple need to realize that they're sort of a management team of a very difficult social situation. They're trying to organize a new social situation. And the word management team is better than the word parent because parent has lots of associations. You know, what do good parents do? Well, my granddad did this and your grandma did that. And But if you see it as a management team, where we're coherently managing this new situation, then our intuition and our wisdom, when we collaborate together, will be freed from all the baggage of the past and we'll say, well, how can we manage this to the best of our ability? And that, of course, will emerge eventually into a, a, a joint parenting style. And, and so those three key things of let's preserve our love for one another and let's see the children on a journey of healing, which will facilitate. And let's manage that coherently. That is the key to not blunder on and just blindly think we're going to do it this way without any thought. And so um, what I propose, that those three things are really important. And then there's also a very important thing of to realize that the whole thing goes through two phases. Um, Catherine and uh, so would you like me to elaborate those phases let's go through these two phases I think I can guess the first one right this is um, setting out and yeah. what is clearly setting a transition out. from an old life to a new life yeah and and the, the danger is that that's that you might think well let's just start a blended family you know we are a blended family but but Actually, the way you do things is way more important than what you do. And so you want, you want to realize that as the children come for the first time to the new house with the new partner, uh, they, are, they, are like, they feel like guests and they're very uncomfortable. And, and underneath it, they're a little bit in turmoil because you know, what, where, why is mum not here? Why is dad not here? And, and it reminds them all. So they're fragile. And so the key is to give them space to just take it easy. That's not going to blended families at all. Let's just welcome them and say, well, you're very safe here and we want to care for you and, you know, and give them space. If they want to sit on the couch and blob out with their phones, let them. If the four-year-old just wants to play in a corner by themselves with their dolls, let them. If the teenager just wants to hang in their room and that does not want to engage full stop, let them. That is, in some ways, the, the, the place should be more like a, a sort of a hotel. And it sounds really weird, but I do a lot of traveling and I, all my fellow travelers who are professionally on the road, when we go to a hotel, we just want to check in and do our own thing, relax. And we don't want any group talks. We don't want any engagement. We don't want to meet anybody. We just want to process the demands of the day in our own room and go on our phone, talk to somebody or you know, look at our diaries and then have dinner all by ourselves. And that's what these children want. They don't want a lot of uh, relationship. They don't want a lot of stress. So the third the transition phase, give them space, make them feel welcome, 
make them feel loved. And the step partner, the new the, the, the new partner, they don't become like a parent, nor do they say, well, this is my house and this is how we're going to do it. We just say, hey, you're very welcome, you know, and I'm caring and kind to you and how can I help you and what suits you and, um, hey, I'm making a toasted sandwich. Do you care for one? No, that's fine. You can have it later. So they're sort of non-intrusive but very caring. And that they're caring. They might need to overcome their own feelings of kind of, you know, who are these brats of my partner? I love my partner, but the brats are terrible. I know I'm exaggerating, but you want to have a persona. That is, you want to play a role. And the role is, I care for you, you're welcome here, you're safe here, and this is your house, and do what you like. And run it a bit like a backpackers, kind of just, let's not organize you. And so what you're aiming to do in the transition phase is to make the children feel that actually this is quite a nice place, you know, we feel quite at home, and there's not, not many demands, and there are no rules and regulations at the moment, and, and we can just relate to our own parent as our own family used to do. And so if we go to the beach in the morning, suddenly me and my dad, we go to the beach, it's really fun. And we might turn up at two o'clock in the afternoon, having had fish and chips on the way. And there's no demands, no structure. It's just me and my dad or me and my mum feeling welcome and and forming a relationship with my dad because the research shows the children want to come. They do not want to have kind of sporadic access. They want to see both parents. And so if by the end of the weekend or the week, the children say, this was actually a nice place. It's sort of like a hotel, you know, the step-parent is really nice. They just provide tea and coffee and, and let us do our thing and, and I can spend time with my own parent. Then you have put a big tick because the children feel, hey, it is me and my own parent. We, us as a family, we are allowed to operate here. And so in the transition phase, what you're trying to do is that both families are two separate families at peace with one another, coexisting peacefully, doing their own thing as much as possible. The step-parent especially has got to be careful that they, they actually should engineer that often they're not there so that their partner can parent their children. And, and, and the same with the other partner. They should just discreetly find some excuse to leave so that here, their partner can parent their children. So that's the initial phase. If you achieve that, then what happens is that the turmoil the children are in, the mixed feelings they have, the pressure they're under, they actually find it a healing space. They say, well, it's just like a nice hotel. We just enjoy being there and we enjoy living together peacefully and we don't need to relate to them very much etc you know especially meal times sometimes it's way better to have fish and chips or to to get a to to have takeaways than to have a formal meal with two step parents and two sets of stepchildren sit together as strangers in some ways and it's all very formal and it's all very uncomfortable well if we hang out and watch tv and we have a uh, have a hamburger it's perfect so that transition phase sets up and what I'm advising my, um, my listeners, if things are not going well, they should actually go back to that. They should realize that a step family consists of two separate families, which actually should be happy to do their own thing. All right. That's so the then phase. how do we move from that phase into integration? Because at some yeah. point, some of the uh, 
some of the functional ways that a family has to work together that might be different have to be calibrated into something that works for everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. And sometimes people move into that phase quite quickly. Um, But once this has been established and the children are relaxed and they enjoy it, then, of course, you start to do a joint family in addition to have the two separate families. So the way to do that is actually to have a few very happy, careful meetings and to speak the positive language and for the parents to set up a little meeting with all children together and say, hey, listen, you know, um, it's really nice that we're all together and it seems to be going really well. And, and we just want to, what we expect, and, the, and, and what we expect is everybody to be kind, everybody to be polite and civil to one another, and everybody to be caring and, and a bit wise. And children love that language because they say, yeah, that's how I want to be treated. And then the parents should roll out that what we really aiming for, that everybody, all the parents, all the children feel safe, feel loved, feel valued, feel appreciated, feel connected. Those initial talks are absolutely critical because the children will listen to it and say, well, this sounds good. You know, it is not a list of rules and, uh, and, and, and chores and you will be obeyed. You know, it's all of a sudden about we love you and we want to care for you and we want to and we want to have that. And, and you might ask the children, how do you feel about that? Probably they won't say much, but they're happy. They're listening because actually you are being a proper parenting couple providing input of kindness and care and that that sets up the attachment bond these people care for us that's all the children want to know then i also think you should talk the parents should traverse the issue of emotions because the children are very labile they have a, a an emotional baggage they're full of capacitors undischarged feelings of anger and sadness and and they and they are not really able to cope with lots of cognition and social demands which actually a blended family is so it's it's easy to have children spark up their emotions and what you want to talk about there is to say emotions just are that they're acceptable. It's not how you. It's how you how you deal with it. And so you want to go and 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 do some work on emotional literacy. And then, of course, you want to say, well, there are some limits. You know, can we talk about what can we agree on? How we should do the dishes and the chores and and the rules or kind of going to bed? Shall we give the children input? They need input. They need they need to sense, hey. We have a say here. This is not dictated by my step-parent or my own father. That they, it, It's a collaborative thing. And then, of course, you want to start talking about and weaving in little joint routines. And then so gradually now what you have is two separate families being happy, but also in an agreement and a sense of safety how the joint families will operate. And when the inevitable blips occur, the pain and stress and people slamming doors, and there is a consensus by the other members that emotions just are let's be a little bit wise and compassionate and and so you don't get these rows etc and then of course you while you're doing this you encourage your partner to parent their children all the time you are not you you, as a step parent you are not their parent you might end up being a guide and a helper um, but you're not their parent. You want to tell your parent, your 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 partner, I want you to cherish your children. 
and they should say to you, I want you to cherish your children, spend time with them, do your thing, love them to bits, and etc. That's very important because sometimes uh, you can make terrible mistakes and, and people give each other ultimatums, you know, you either love me or you love your children. Well, let's not go down that road at all. Do the opposite. Cherish your children. What will happen is that then the step parent will be respected by the, the, the stepchildren. They feel, well, you really want dad to do their bit, his bit, and we really love that. And as, as they feel more trusting and loving, then gradually um, they will grant you the authority to become their parent. In fact, many step parents become wonderful parents of their children. But that is sort of the end of the integration phase. How do you feel about that, Catherine? Well, it all makes a heck of a lot of sense, and we've got some questions coming in. One, one, sure. of, the, one of the questions just about the initial phase, though, um, yes. Joseph, is where you yes. do have clashes. So you're doing the transition phase, trying to keep it very loose, trying to get everyone yeah. to just work in their own space their own way. But what yeah. if there are even in that situation clashes? Are you just a, Is it just a much longer bow of, of tolerance than normal? I think so. I think so. But when there are clashes, then the the couple should sit down and say, "Well, this is not quite working." You know, you know, we can't have kids going to to uh, put put music on at two a.m. in the morning. You know, and and then you say, "Well, what's the solution?" And the solution is that the parent of the offending child talks to their child and say, "Hey." Let's 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 see let's see if we can fix that. And if necessary, then you might need to have a little meeting and say, can we solve this problem? You know. But sometimes children clash; they are really acting out their angers, etc. And that just takes a lot of counselling by the parent with whom they are their own parent. And so I would suggest try and manage it individual with the individual child. And then if it doesn't work. Try and manage it as a couple, uh, getting all the children on board, seeing if you can solve that. Another question. There are two that are similar. I'll read this one first. A question for the blended family's advice. We have an eight-year-old shared custody between her father and us two weekly. It seems every time she comes to our place, our rate of arguments between myself and my husband spikes dramatically, always around her behaviour. How can we help this scenario and reduce this toll takes on everyone's relationships? Um the uh, I think the first thing to recognize is is that when the child comes that she is going through a grief cycle and the grief cycle is acting out. I, I assume that by the end of the week, the child is much happier. And I propose that the best thing to do is for the child to be taken under her wing by her own parent and to go away and have some dinner together at, at, uh, at McDonald's. That is to create that bond and to give the child a sort of a bonding time with their own parent. And then during that time, for the parent to say, how do you feel about coming here? And, 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 and so the child can express directly rather than indirectly through behavior, the distress she's feeling. And so that should happen. And, and sometimes it might pay him or her uh, to take their child away, say, um, you know, they, they might stay the night, but then the next morning, if they can find time, they go to the beach together. That is, that's the key. 
Now, we need to do these as succinctly as you get, uh, realistically can. Uh, can you ask your parenting expert, my partner and I need to blend our parenting styles, styles for our blended bunch. I'm very deliberate and thoughtful parent, aiming for the best outcome in the long term. My partner goes for the easy life, for a happy life, doesn't mind whether the vegetables get eaten, independence is fostered and whether everything is fair to all members of the blend. Our kids are jumbling between double standards and it's causing tension between us all. I think what they need is, is to see if they can get an outside person to facilitate with them to uncover uh, the good points of their own parenting styles and the the not so good points of the parenting styles and can they come to a compromise. This is great, says this texter. Any tips for people in the step-parent role who don't have children themselves? This is another dynamic again, isn't it? Yes, it is. And it's very hard to actually understand what parenting is like if you've never had a child. And uh, and often it can be irritating, kind of, you know, are you obsessed with your children? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and well, yeah, that, that that's that's true. And so, again, I would suggest that the couple goes away and that the person who hasn't got children say what does it feel like having a child you know and and not not be critical just say what does it feel like and 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 what how do you feel when they're sad or angry etc so so they gain an em empathetic understanding of what it feels like to be a ch to be a parent and then ideally they should engineer that the non-parent actually does some nurturing, say take him to school or make him lunch together or take him out for lunch and, 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 take, and, and do things together with their child and suddenly they will start feeling parental feelings themselves. It may be the other way that they're referring to, the fact that they don't come, I guess, with their half of the bargain as far as children go and therefore to what extent do they parent... Um, a child who's not their own child in the absence of having a child where we're all trying to work this out together in other words is there a different in the child's difference in the child's perception of them there will be there will be but my proposal is that the step parent shouldn't be take over the parenting role very much at all and that they should let the other do the parenting but that they befriend that person and just and see them become a bit of a guide and a counselor because and they just let their other parent do the parenting and then eventually they learn from those parenting styles what the other parent does also talk with them what can i do to help and talk with the child and say is there anything i can do to be of assistance to you so they're actually an outsider who is caring where they don't have any parenting expectations whatsoever wonderful thank you very much joseph dreesen